everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast for NFL Week 1. It is regular season opener night. Um, excited for the podcast to be back, talking football. Um, excited that it's going to kind of be its own podcast this year instead of um, you know taking a day of baseball. So excited to have my buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, we're doing football together all year, my friend. Oh, yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Excited for the year. My brain is absolutely fried with everything going on. But, yeah, I've been digging into football all day long and did about 30 best ball drafts last night for the same <laughs> reason everyone else did. Um, so, yeah, my mind's all over the place, but it's still full-on football mode for me right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we had the RG season-long draft. We've had I've had a couple other drafts, and um, – I did not jump in as many best balls as you did, but um, definitely saw some opportunity to make up for some teams that I had drafted earlier this year. Um, so got into some of those as well, but uh, excited to talk NFL week one. We're going to talk about the main slate this week. Um, there's an awesome showdown video on Rotor Grinders uh, with Will and Head Chopper for the Texan Chiefs, and we'll have some showdown content on Rotor Grinders for um, the Monday night games as well. So you guys can check those out, but we're going to stick to the main slate and break down that. And when baseball season's over, um, we might, you know, do some more showdown stuff. But for right now, main slate, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and just roll right into this. We got Cleveland at Baltimore. The Browns and the Ravens, 48.5 total here. Baltimore's favored by eight in this game. Um, they have the highest implied team total on the slate. Uh, let's start with the Cleveland side of things. Um, any interest here in the Browns? I mean, a little bit, but it's predominantly with Landry, Beckham, Chubb. Like, I'm not really into it. I have a 20 implied team total. Like, Landry and OBJ are both fairly underpriced um, at 5.9K. I think either of them have some upside to do something. Chubb obviously can go off for a massive game at any given time. Baltimore is a good defense. They're going to be tough to actually do too much on. And it's mostly just a pricing thing on the Cleveland side. And I'm guessing they're going to come in at fairly low ownership, more so Landry than Beckham. But I could see any of these three guys going off. Again, I'm not terribly excited about any of them, but it's just kind of the way that it is. Like Chubb is going up against one of the worst rush defenses in the league last season. If Jackson struggles a little bit and they somehow keep this game close, Chubb could be in for a good workload, and OBG and Landry both have an ability to go off in any given game. Yeah, and like, you know, part of – part of like NFL fantasy football is like trying to predict like the game script and like how the game is going to go. Like you gotta, I feel like you gotta tell a story with your lineups on every single game that you're building. Right. So like, if you're, if you're expecting Baltimore to be up in this game, then like what says that like Odell Beckham Landry Hooper can't score in the second half and like have big second half. So I like Nick Chubb a lot on FanDuel. I like Kareem Hunt a lot on DraftKings. I think we're going to see a lot of two running back sets from Cleveland. Um, they really like Kareem Hunt. Baker Mayfield really likes to drop the ball off to Kareem Hunt. So, like, if you're playing on DraftKings, I think Hunt very much in play. I don't like Baker. I feel like we have a ton of quarterback options this week. Um, so, like, I probably don't end up on Baker Mayfield this week. But I don't think I'd talk you off of him. Um, like, if you're building, like, kind of a game, game script stack here. Let's go to Baltimore. I think Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback play on the slate as far as, like, floor. Um, but, like, he still has the highest price tag. Is this spot, like, he's worth it? Or do you just think we take some value at quarterback this week? 
I mean, I think it's worth it. Like this is a week where week one happens every single year where we have way too much value all over the place. I think Jackson's probably going to end up going into my cash game build. And in tournaments, he's still definitely a good play. There's so many misprices this week as there is every single week one every year because prices are released far too early. But he's definitely a guy that's going to see a decent amount of ownership, and I think it's well worth it. We know that he can go off for a massive game at any given time. He has that rushing upside. He has the touchdown upside. He has everything upside. And he can easily go for 40 points on any given slate, which you don't really get from a ton of QBs. So Jackson is going to be a guy that's going to be in a lot of my lineups. I don't think you need to play him with anyone else uh, just the way that he goes. Like, I don't mind pairing him with Andrews or with Marquise Brown, who's probably a bit too underpriced. And either one of them can go off for a big game. But I generally like guys that have a little bit more reliability and how much workload they're going to get. Either one of them could be in for a bigger role this year or just go off for the massive plays that we've seen him go off for in the past. But it's it's just a spot where Jackson, going with him naked, he can put up 30 points and not even have a guy that really goes off too much. But if he's going to, it's probably going to be Brown or Andrews here. But lots of ownership in Jackson this week. Yeah, like I feel like my my like particular favorite like Jackson stack is Andrews. Um, I feel like we have like four to eight really strong tight end plays on the slate. Um, but like I, I think Andrews is like my favorite. Um, I think Marquise Brown is always someone you got to look at in tournaments if you're playing Lamar Jackson. I don't love the running back situation here. I, I, could Ingram score two touchdowns? Sure. Like, I, I guess um, they're a huge home favorite. So, like, I think, like, if you're playing 150 teams, maybe you end up on Ingram a little bit just because. But probably more on Fandle, right, Grant? Like, if we're playing Ingram, wouldn't we play him more on Fandle where it's, like, touchdown driven a little bit more? Yeah, no, I think there's far too many guys that can put up six, seven, eight catch games or go for the 100-yard bonus. And Ingram can score multiple touchdowns and not end up getting the 100-yard bonus. So he's definitely more of a play over on FanDuel. I really like him over there. Um, but it, it, it's it's not really a slate where you need to go with Ingram because, like I said, there's a lot of mispricings at running back and a lot of good running back plays. All right. Um, we are moving on here. we got Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team, 43 total. Uh, Philly favored by five and a half. I am really proud of myself that I did not mess it up the first chance that I got. I probably will mess it up before the end of the I season. I would have messed it up. I entirely yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like purposely even said like before we got started, I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta not mess this up. Um, but I'm sure like I'm going to mess up Oakland a couple times this year. Like, listen, it's going to happen. Let's talk about the Eagles. Uh, report came out today that Miles Sanders might be like a limited uh, or I wouldn't even say limited. They're going to like watch like how much work they give him here. Like, does that worry you at all? Because like he has a high projected ownership. He projects as one of the best point per dollar running backs on the slate. Like, how do we approach this? Do we just say, all right, it's week one. It's coaches talk. We're just playing Sanders against Washington. I think that, like, in turn, in cash, I th- still think that you end up playing Sanders. I mean, 6.3 is far too cheap. But this isn't a game with a particularly high total. Like, there's going right. to be a ton of ownership on this game, and it's going to largely reside on three players here in the Philly offense. I could see Sanders, if he is hampered, and just the way that they've treated him before in the past, them not actually doing too much with him. 
and giving him a lighter workload since this early on the season, they might be worried. So if ownership's still going to be that high, like I think we have him currently projected as the second highest owned running back on the slate. It makes sense with how good he is and how low of a price tag he has, but in the off chance that he does end up not getting a big workload, I mean, week one is always the most unpredictable week every single year. We don't know what's going to happen at any given time. Like there's always going to be one guy, random guy that ends up having a huge week for no apparent reason. So Miles Sanders, I think that if this is like not just coach speak and we don't even know if it is, then it's a perfect shot to just kind of fade him a little bit more, go underweight on him in GBPs, but still take him in cash. Yeah, I think you. I think you're still playing him. Um, could you? You could go underweight on any chalk player in week one. Um, there's too many. It, it's too unpredictable in general. And now, like this year, we we don't have like even like preseason games to kind of go off of and look at stuff. So like really like. We're going into week one with so many different question marks in general. So, um, you know, Boston Scott would be like the second option, I guess. Um, I probably don't play him. I like the upside of Deshaun Jackson in this game. I like the upside of Zach Ertz in this game. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is like semi-playable. Um, they're, like I love Seattle at Atlanta. Uh, so, like a lot of my quarterback action is going to come from that game. I just wanted to like kind of just put that out there. Um, but I think Carson Wentz is close to playable here. Um, anything else from the Eagles? I mean, I think you can go Goddard as a GPP play. It's it's always kind of up in the air, but not not a ton. Like I'm right there with you with Jackson and Ertz. Um, let's talk Washington. Obviously, we did not. Nobody expected Adrian Peterson to get cut from this team. Um, we 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 we've seen Dwayne Haskins. Um, I don't ever think it's fair, you know, to judge a quarterback, um, a rookie quarterback off of a half a season and getting thrown into the mix. So, like, I'm still going to give him, like, a fair shot going into this year. You know, I think Terry McLaurin, like, if you expect Washington to be down in this game, I think you have to look at McLaurin here. Um, Logan Thomas has a potential cheap tight end. But let's talk about the, the you know, Antonio Gibson, Peyton Barber, JD McKissick is listed as like the starter. Like this is, this is already like, what are we doing with Washington? Yeah, no, it's so interesting because Gibson's going to be the highest on running back on the slate. Like the hype for him is real right now. Like it, everyone seems to be on him from what I've seen so far. And anything can really happen. They have an 18.75 total. Like McKissick is a good third down back. And if they get behind early on, then they can absolutely just Gibson not even come close to hitting value at all. So I think there's a spot where you can fade Gibson in tournaments. I know it's not the safest move in the world, but you don't really want safety the first week. There's not a whole lot of scenarios where he ends up getting there too much. And then McLaurin, like he had a lot of his good games when Haskins wasn't under center. Haskins could make a drastic leap this year. Haskins can do any number of things. He did does have talent, but he did look terrible last year. They have an 18.75 total for a reason. A lot of ownership is going to be in this game, and it's probably going to be the highest owned game of the week. I think that you can go with fading this entire game in tournaments, and it might be one of the best possible plays. And Gibson is a guy that is by no means a guarantee that we think he's going to be. So I, I, I think that he can – absolutely just put up nothing and they could do all sorts of things because they're 
well, one, they're the they're the Washington football team, and <laughs> I almost messed up there. And in the past, they've done a lot to screw us over, and they could put up three points in this game. Their offense could look terrible, and I'm not going to be surprised at all if their offense does look terrible. I should have said, like, I don't mind the, the Sanders-Philly defense combo, for what it's worth. Um Moving on, we got the Colts and the Jags, 45 total. Colts favored by eight in this game. Um, I'm they're the biggest road favorite on the on the slate, right? I'm not crazy. Um, I remember looking at it earlier. So they're the biggest road favorite on the slate. Um listen, Can Colts, we talk about that for a second? Like it's I crazy. Feel the right? is not the not the same. Yeah, like, it's not. Yeah, like so- it, it well, some aren't, aren't some stadiums letting some fans in or something like that? Yeah, but, I mean, the biggest problem with fans in the stadium are the, is the noise. Like, it's yeah. absolutely the noise. That's what determines how much of a home field advantage you have. I mean, it's that and then traveling to different time zones or circadian rhythms, like all sorts of other stuff. But predominantly, it's fan noise. Like, it's the reason why Kansas City, why uh, New Orleans, why Seattle all have some of the best home field advantages in the entire football league but without crowd noise i mean a lot of places i think denver is laying in 6500 like that's not going to be enough crowd noise to really make that much of a difference because if you can still hear well enough to call plays in the huddle and people aren't going to be screaming as much because covid's a concern and that it's obviously one of the easiest ways to spread it is by yelling a whole bunch so i'm not going to be surprised at all if home field advantage is not drastic if you're not changing time zone i mean this is a decent flight from Indy to Jacksonville, but it's not even a time change, if I remember correctly. So it's not too much of a concern. Um, so, yeah, that's my little spiel on home field advantage. Figure we should probably <laughs> get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's week one. We can we can ran all we want. So, um, listen, let's talk Indianapolis Colts here. Phillip Rivers playing quarterback for them as of right now anyway. Um, let's – Man, so one of my biggest rants already this year is, like, everyone just expects Jonathan Taylor to take over, right? Like, everybody's drafted best balls and everything, assuming that, like, Taylor is just going to take over. I'm not saying Taylor isn't talented, and I'm not saying that by week, you know, 10, he's not going to be the starting running back. But, like, why does everyone assume that Marlon Mack is just going to let Jonathan Taylor take over the running back position on this team? I, I, I honestly don't fully understand it. It's not like nowadays it's pretty standard to have just one running back systems. I know Mac was a little bit of a one running back guy last year, although Hines was a guy that was very active in third down and everything like that. But this is definitely not a scenario where Jonathan Taylor is going to be the end-all, be-all, best back. And we've also seen rookie running backs just falter, look at Trent Richardson, just falter completely. Uh, when they get drafted and I mean look at look at AJ Dillon he's listed as third on the depth chart this is a different year where training camp wasn't too much of a thing where they have less preparation than they did in the past so assuming that a rookie running back is going to come in and just completely take over is not really an accurate thing at the beginning of the season so any number of things can end up happening here but like I, I don't really have any interest in, interest in Jonathan Taylor I have a lot of interest in a lot of the other pieces in Indy I like Marlon Mack a lot. Um, I, you know, I, I like the Marlon Mack, DJ Chark combo. Um, assuming that the Colts are going to get up in this game, 
and the Jags are going to be trailing. Like, you know, the Jags allowed the second most points to running backs last season. Like, this is a team that allowed over 100 rushing yards per game. Like, this is a team you want to target with running backs. And, like, everyone's off Marlon Mack. We have lineup HQ. We have it up in front of us. We see that, like, he is projected to be less than 5% owned. Too much hype around Jonathan Taylor is driving down Marlon's Mack's ownership, and I love it. So, I like Mack a lot. We know how much Phillip Rivers loves his tight end. Grant, like, is this a spot like Jack Doyle needs to be in our tight end pool? I think that he needs to be in our tight end pool, but I honestly, like, I'm a big fan of the Indy passing game this week. So Rivers, I don't know if you remember too much the last four years, but Rivers has been very boomer bust at any given moment. Um, He can throw four interceptions. He's also had to come from behind. There's been lots of mistakes made by the Chargers over the last few years. He is old. He definitely is old. Um, his arm probably isn't what it used to be, but now he's in a situation with a solid offensive line in front of him, a decent run game behind him. I already said that before. I, I really like Hilton in this spot here. Like Hilton's coming in under 10% ownership. I know the game script kind of says that they're probably not going to be passing later on the game, but and that Hilton's way better in a dome than not. But still, like Rivers is entirely fine with dumping the ball off to guys he's gonna there's a chance he ends up throwing a lot this is one of the spots where we really don't know what's going to happen and so I think going with any of the indie passing game is not a bad call Jacksonville we think is going to be terrible but it's football anything can happen Jacksonville can win this week even though they're one of the biggest dogs I mean we've seen Minshew do crazy things before in the past it's a spot where Hilton could end up doing well. Like Campbell, we don't know who the wide receiver two is. And Philip Rivers in the past, wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. We've seen Inman have massive games. Tyrell Williams have massive games. Mike Williams have massive games. He uses more than just one wide receiver in every given spot that he's in. So I could see any one of these guys coming in at very low ownership and putting up a large game. Yeah, like, I think this is certainly a game we want to target. Um, let's talk the Jacksonville Jaguars side of things. Like, I already kind of said it. I love DJ Chark. Um, the running back situation is a complete mess. Uh, we really don't know what to expect at all. Like, I do you, you have thoughts when it comes to the Jags um, just overall here? Uh, tournament play that I really like. Could end up with almost no points. Um, but if you're kind of going with game script, Chris Thompson, like we don't know what the backfield's going to be like. We don't know who's going to be starting, who's going to get the majority of the carries, who's going to be in the game too much. But if you watch most of the games that Jacksonville played last year where they were down big at the end of the game, like whether it was Foles or Minshew, they were dumping the ball off to Fournette at a huge pace. I remember some drives in when they were down big, they would end up dumping the ball off to Fournette four times, five times in one single drive. Chris Thompson could be in there if they're down big and then he – play some catch-up. So I don't mind a Minshew, Chark, Chris Thompson stack. It's not the worst idea in the world. Chris Thompson, we've seen get 10-plus receptions before in the past in a lot of different scenarios. It's obviously a different team. We don't know how things are going to fit in. We don't know if he's going to get playing time. But this is one of the weeks where he things are very unpredictable. And he could end up with a better game than Gibson by several points, which is just an immediate way to pivot off of Gibson. So I, I like Thompson for tournaments. I like Chark for tournaments. I don't mind throwing Minshew in there because he can still get 40, 50 rushing yards. He's not a big or a fast guy, but he's still a guy that's willing to run if the spot opens up, which it very well could if they're down late in the game and 
they need to play some catch up and they just like let Minshew run because they're trying to guard downfield with Sharp. Yeah, like I'm perfectly okay with targeting Jacksonville in this game. Um, like I said, I love DJ Chark. He's one of my favorite players on the entire slate. I don't know, like Tyler Eifert's always a guy that we've been able to target in the past when he's been healthy. Uh, I don't know how he really fits into this offense. You know, their tight end usage is not the highest. So I think it's Chark. I think it's one of these running backs. I like that's Chris Thompson call. I'm sure you um, you, you just read my tweet um, and, and like – Know that I already had love for him, Grant. So you just wanted to know that, but <laughs> we are we are kindred spirits, sir. That's right, the bearded brothers. Um, yeah, I, I think Thompson is definitely someone you can look at in tournaments here, um, just to be different. Like five catches and fifty yards is ten points, and like if he scores a touchdown, he puts you over the top. So um, you know, all it takes is to break one play. We we saw it so much when he played with Washington. Like he has that big playability. He just hasn't been healthy. And um, sounds like he's healthy coming into the camp here. So Las Vegas Raiders, um, Carolina Panthers, 47 and a half total. Las Vegas favored by three and a half in this game. Um, let's start here with the Raiders. You know, they have a pretty high implied team total here at 25.5. Um, what are your thoughts on them? I mean, Jacobs is probably too cheap. We know that there's been talks about him getting more involved in the receiving game. He was putting up huge numbers last season, and then he kind of – just got injured and he was still putting up decent numbers, but he was a great back last season going up against Carolina here is a spot where their implied total is 25, five Carolina was kind of a mess last year. It was all over the place. They were decent versus the pass, but they were just terrible versus the run. So 6.8 for Josh Jacobs. I really, really like that price um, outside of him in this offense. I mean, you can always go Waller Waller touchdown regression or What's the opposite of regression? I can't remember the word. Very we'll just ins- say positive regression. <laughs> yeah, positive. There it is. But we've seen him be very involved in this offense. We don't know exactly what this offense is going to be like in terms of the passing game. Obviously, Ruggs is in there. We have Renfro in his second year, and we got what's-his-name. Um, and we don't know where the ball – Edwards. We don't know where the ball is going to be going exactly. We saw last year – Hollywood Brown and McLaurin go off for huge games week one. This is an offense where Gruden knows how to scheme to get a guy open. They're probably going to have a decent amount of three wide receiver sets. There's a chance that they're trailing in this game. There's a chance they're ahead in this game. But the wide receivers in this game are Ruggs at 5.1, Renfro at 4.5, and Edwards at 4.2. If Waller doesn't go off for a big game and Jacobs isn't that active out of the backfield, there's a chance that either – any one of these guys can go off for a massive game. I don't have a huge belief in who's going to do it, but I say sprinkle them in GPPs. It's not a bad idea for week one. And I think even Renfro, we currently haven't pegged at 0.1% ownership. That doesn't seem right. Like that. Doesn't well, he's seem supposed right. to, he's going to be the number three starting the year. I think that's why the ownership is so messed up on him. He's supposed to be number three starting the year, but we don't know exactly what's going to be going on. Depth charts are largely worthless. He's one of the only guys that knows the offense that well. So he's going to start as number three, but there's a chance that he's in the game a decent amount. He put up two big games at the end of last season. So it, it's all over the place what could happen in this game and where there's variance in lower ownership. There's profitability in week one generally. So I have I'm going to be sprinkling in these Oakland – Darn it. Las Vegas wide receivers all over the place, I think, this week. Oh, we're going to mess it up a lot. Don't worry. Um, it's going to happen. So I just now got this 
Los Angeles Chargers, right? <laughs> right. Um, listen, I love Josh Jacobs this week. He's one of my favorite running backs on the slate. Carolina, they got gutted by running backs last season. They were terrible in the red zone against running backs. They allowed the most running back touchdowns last season. It was a high number compared to the second highest. In the, like, they were 1.69, and the second highest was like 1.17. So uh, a lot more touchdowns allowed. Um, so I love Josh Jacobs. I think he finds the paint. I like Henry Ruggs a lot, but I'm with Grant. Like, I think you just sprinkle in Ruggs, Edwards, Renfro, Waller, um, and just kind of mix and match there. On the Carolina side, obviously, different quarterback here, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, we know what we get out of Bridgewater, right? Consistency, not, like, huge plays. Um, doesn't typically turn the ball over a ton. Like, But there's this guy, Grant, I don't know if you heard of him. His name's Christian McCaffrey. Um, what do we expect here from the Panthers? I mean, McCaffrey to play every single snap of the game um, on the offensive side. Him to get probably 10 targets. Him to just do Christian McCaffrey stuff and put up a massive game. I mean, he's the top raw points running back on the entire slate. You should probably use him in tournaments. You should probably use him in cash. You can find value elsewhere. Outside of that, trying to figure out what's going to go on with this wide receiving core. Obviously, D.G. Moore had a big season last season. He, I have him projected fairly high this season. He could put up a big game, but – like, I don't – there's only so many targets to go around. Like, they added Robbie Anderson. They have – no longer have Greg Olson. I know he was out for a significant portion last year. Like, we don't know exactly what this offense is going to look like with a completely new quarterback, even though they've had five different quarterbacks in, like, the last year. With a completely new quarterback and what it's going to be like. But all these guys have a big play upside. I don't mind any of them for, any of them for tournaments, but I don't really love any of them for tournaments. So – it's mostly CMC for me, all small shares with more Samuel Anderson, but nothing big. Yeah, like it's Christian McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey, um, and then it's Christian McCaffrey again. Like, I think you can take some sh- tournament shots on DJ Moore. I think that, like, speed-wise, you can always take a shot on Robbie Anderson. Um, like, he gets – loose one time and like he scores 12 fantasy points in one place so like i don't ever hate that but like it's christian mccaffrey is like my main target from carolina i think this game's gonna be really close i think this is gonna be a good football game um so i, I don't mind sprinkling in some of these pieces if you're playing some on the other side um i don't think this game's gonna be good it's the jets and the bills it's a 39 and a half total um bills favored by six and a half in this game is there anything whatsoever standing out to you on the jets no. Like, I, I don't want to skip over. I feel like we're skipping over, but, like, Lev Bell's going to – he's going to get a lot of work. It's just the Bills' defense is legit. Um, they're legit. Um, if you think they're down and you want to take, a, like, a tournament flyer on, like, Perryman or Crowder, Darno, like, he he liked Crowder when Crowder was healthy in the slot there. Um, Herndon, like – you can make arguments for anybody on any team. It's week one, but, like, this is my least favorite team. I will probably have nobody from the Jets on the slate whatsoever. I might have a share of Hernan. I might have a share of Crowder. Um, but it's it would literally just be game stack situations. Yep. Uh, Bills. I think the Bills defense is fantastic here. Um, I worry about overall, like, 
upside for Allen and Diggs and Singletary and like these guys just because like if they get up and the defense is so good, like how much are they going to throw? But I don't hate the Bills here. Um, I, I don't hate targeting. What are, what are your thoughts on the Bills? I mean, you know me. I always, always target Josh Allen. Um, the biggest thing is is splits last year. Like you look at his splits, and it was a rough year for weather for Buffalo last season. I know we're several days out. Weather's something to look into, but you look at him at home last year, and he averaged two hundred or one hundred and fifty-seven yards a game compared to two hundred and twenty-eight. He was way better on the road. Nine-five. In TD interception at home, 11-4 on the road. And this is still a home game, but it's also a game where there's the weather is supposed to be decent. Um, last time I checked, it was supposed to be around uh, 75 degrees at game time. There might be rain, so it's something to watch out for. But Josh Allen now has a go-to wide receiver in Diggs. He's got another year under his belt. The Jets are really not that great of a team. They've obviously made a few changes. They were 11th in DVOA last season, but they were still 20th against the pass. So I could see Josh Allen putting up a big game here because he can pretty much do it in any given situation. Diggs is probably not going to draw a lot of ownership. Either is Josh Brown. So I could see going with either of those guys, stacking up this game, bringing it back with Crowder. Like It's football. Any number of things can happen. The Bills can get down big if Josh Allen ends up turning the ball over once or twice, which he can do. But if the weather is all right in Buffalo this weekend, I like Josh Allen, pair him with Diggs or Brown. He has a chance at a big game. Yeah, like, you know, obviously I think there's two ways to approach this. You can go Allen Diggs or Allen Brown, or you can go Singletary Buffalo defense. Like, you know, there's two ways you can look at this game. If you feel like Buffalo is going to manhandle the Jets – Go Singletary, Buffalo defense. I think Singletary is in a prime position to get as much work as he can kind of handle here. Um, you know, Zach Moss is there, but I, I, I really do think it's Singletary's backfield to start the season. So uh, Bears and Lions, 44 and a half total here. Detroit favored by three. It's, um, it's the Bears, man. It's Mitchell Trubisky. I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about Mitchell Trubisky, like people talking about playing him on what to approach, like how to approach this. Like he's playing for his job. And, like, that's always, like, a, a motivation, and this game's indoors. Uh, what's your thoughts here on the Bears? So, it's Mitch Trubisky, which means it could go terribly wrong. It could not go terribly wrong. Uh, I'm going to be using a lot of them this week. So, the matchup against Detroit, it's going to be slightly different. They were obviously doing things a little bit different last year, but they were still near the bottom of the league in pass defense. Trubisky is an absolute wreck every single year, but he'll occasionally put up massive, massive games. I mean, look at last season. He had one 33-point outing, I think a 27 and a 28. Like, he can put up big games at any given time. Going up against Detroit, division rival, like, teams haven't really had much of an offseason. I could see him putting up a big game here. Like, I like Allen Robinson. I like Trubitsky. I'm going to be using a lot of them. I even like Cohen if you kind of want to play the game script and bring it back with Marvin Jones. This is going to be an interesting spot here. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I think Trubitsky has a good game, and I'm just going to be stacking this Chicago offense up almost every single way. Yeah, like, I don't know. I I like the narrative of, like, he's playing for his job. And, like, we know where the targets are going. They're going Allen Robinson. Like, we know where the targets are going. I think A-Rob is definitely in play. Um, 
like obviously we're gonna have to you know check back as far as like david montgomery goes um you know and see like if he's going to be 100 percent go or not because obviously that opens up things both ways but um it, it sounds like like the report that came out earlier today it sounded like he might miss this game um like he's dealing with a groin injury so like that i think helps Trubisky more than anybody else um potentially throw more so Tariq Cohen's a cheap option I like Tariq Cohen more on DraftKings because he'll get some catches um but overall like this is not a game that like I'm going to target a ton of players from um I don't mind Trubisky I like Tariq Cohen if Montgomery's out but like A-Rob is he is he's a stud um he's a PPR machine um, Detroit Lions, like nobody's talking about Kenny Galladay. Nobody is talking about Kenny Galladay. I get that it's a tough matchup against the Bears, but Kenny Galladay is a beast. Kenny Galladay is a beast, but I mean, realistically, he's like the, the I've I've heard multiple people talk about this, and it's just very correct. Like difference between Galladay and Marvin Jones isn't as drastic as people seem to believe. I'd rather play Marvin Jones. Either one of them go off for a massive game. Before Stafford went down, it was entirely different. Like Galladay and Jones, both of them can do a ton. I think last season uh, against Philly, like Marvin Jones went off for a massive game. I could see either one of them doing putting up a big game. I'm going to be mixing and matching both. I don't know if I'm using Stafford against the Bears, but if I'm using a ton of Chicago guys, I'm just going to bring it back with either Galladay or Marvin Jones. I'm fine with either. Like there's any number of different game scripts that could happen here. Uh, but I honestly, like what you incorporate ownership, I'd rather play and price. I'd rather play Marvin Jones Galladay. Yeah, I get that. Um, I always feel like Galladay is more of like a red zone target, you know, a couple inches higher and, you know, but Marvin Jones scores just as much touchdowns. So it's, I get, I completely get um, what you're saying. Um, as far as like that goes, I understand that it's just for me, like, I feel like Galladay is someone like in this price range. I feel like there's a bunch of people in this price range that are really strong plays. And I just kind of think he goes overlooked. Um, TJ Hawkerson can go off in this game too. Like if you're playing A-Rob, you're playing Montgomery, you're playing – or not Montgomery, Cohen. Like if you're playing Trubisky, if you're running like a Chicago stack, like Galladay, Jones, Hawkinson. But Galladay is my favorite. Uh, let's talk about my favorite game on the slate. It's the Seahawks and the Falcons. It's a 49 total. It's Seahawks uh, favored by one and a half here. This game's indoors. We don't have to worry about weather. All we have to worry about is if the scoreboard can count uh, because this game this game sounds like it just screams fireworks, Grant. Like this is going to be the ultimate game or the ultimate frustrating why, why are my lineups dead game for me because um, I, I love this one. Let's start with Seattle. What do you like here for the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, for obviously Wilson could put up a massive game or Carson can put up a, put up a massive game in any given scenario. We don't know if they're going to let unleash Russell or if they're just going to run the ball 30 times and piss everyone off. Uh, that's how the Seahawks work. That's what they do every single year. That's just the way things tend to go. So I'm probably going to be using one of them in most of my lineups. I'd be more apt to use Wilson and then – I mean, you can bring it back with Metcalf is going to be so high-owned. Um, and Lockett is probably going to be the less-owned of the two, being at slightly more ownership. But Lockett can go off for a massive game. Um, we pretty much know where everything's going to go. It's going to be mostly between those two guys. So 
I, I'm just I, like, I don't have a single strong plan. I prefer Lockett to Metcalf. I prefer Wilson to Carson. Um, I prefer a full game stack here, bringing it back with any number of guys that we'll get to in a second. But DK just as point per dollar stands out as a better play than Lockett, but not by much. And he's going to draw a lot more ownership. So going with Lockett is probably the better move. Yeah. I like Metcalf more, but I feel like this is easy, man. You play, you can play Metcalf on Fandle and you can play Lockett on DraftKings. Like if that's, if you're like struggling between those two guys, I think that, Metcalf obviously has a lot of touchdown potential. I don't think it's going to be Disley. I don't think it's going to be Olsen. I think it's going to be Metcalf or Lockett or Carson with Wilson. Like this one to me just is just, it screams like really straightforward. Um, and, and like, that's why I like this game. Like on the Falcon side of things, it's the same way. Like we know it's going to be Julio. We know it's going to be Calvin Ridley. I think Hayden Hurst could play a huge role in this offense. Um, and we have no idea what to expect from Todd Gurley. And I think Todd Gurley could be someone that's like a, a strong play here. So um, as far as like the Falcons go, let's talk about them, Grant. What do you like here for Atlanta? So I do like Todd Gurley. Um, I, I think everyone thinks he's dust, right? Everyone thinks that. Everyone feels that way, right? Yeah. But I mean, look at what Freeman has done the last few years in this offense. Like obviously last year was a little different outside of his massive outburst, but what, Devo- what Freeman did in this offense was crazy for several years. Like, he was putting up massive touchdown numbers. We know this is going to be a high-scoring game. We know that although he's not the same receiving back he used to be, he still has the potential to get a large load in the receiving game. He's priced at 6.1K. I wouldn't be surprised if they use him a ton in the red zone. I like Gurley. Julio is Julio. Put up a massive outing few times a year like Seattle's secondary is a whole lot better this year but they haven't had a ton of time to uh, play together so while it will be improved later on the season right now most of their secondary is probably going to end up with a few miscommunications and a few just horrible plays so Julio Jones being able to take it all the way down to the end zone for long bombs fairly often like him Hurst one of the better tight end plays on the entire slate. We know what Hooper did in this offense last year. We know what Tony Gonzalez did for a long time. Matt Ryan will throw the ball to his tight end, and Hurst could be in for a big game. But again, this this is going to be a spot where I use almost everyone from both offenses all over the place. I'm with you, buddy. Um, I'm with you. I, I, I love Hayden Hurst for what it's worth. I, I think that he's cash game playable for me. Like, you know, when you're looking at, like, saving some money at tight end, I think he's he's cash game playable here. Uh, Dolphins-Patriots, 43 total. New England fair by six and a half. Um, let's start with the Miami side of things. Um, my biggest rant going into the season is, like, New England was number one in defense last season. They were the best defense in the NFL last year as far as, like, st- statistical-wise. They have lost players. They've had a lot of guys opt out. Like, this I, this is not the same defense as last year, Grant. And, like, people are just assuming that New England is going to be this, like, stout defense. And, like, sure, could this blow up in my face? But my, my like, hot take going into the season is, like, the Patriots defense is going to be a bottom 10 defense this year. Um, that, that's just I, – I guess it's a hot take. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's – bottom 10 is a little bit ambitious. but That's a hot take then. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. Like, it's not that hot of a tip to say that they're not going to be as good as last season, but bottom 10 is pretty ambitious. I like that call, but, I mean, 
How many times have we seen Ryan Fitzpatrick win a Millie Maker in week one? I don't know. Um, uh, that's a Britt Devine question because he'd actually have the answer for you. <laughs> I think the answer is two. Might, yeah, I think he's won like five Millie Makers, but I believe two in week one. Uh, yeah, if the Patriots aren't going to be as good of a defense, Fitzpatrick's every single week one uh, comes in at like sub 1% ownership. Williams, I think, is now questionable for the game. I think I saw that earlier today. He's banged up, yep. Yeah, so we know what they do with Gusecki and Parker. Like, they're going to be throwing the ball a decent amount in all likelihood. We don't know what came is going to be like in this offense, but I don't imagine he'd be any worse than dead arm Brady was yesterday or last year. I think that Bill Belichick knows how to scheme well enough going up against the Miami defense. It's probably going to be improved, but it's not going to be the same defense. I, I could see Fitzpatrick putting up a decent game and Parker, we saw put up 20 point outings on a fairly consistent basis. The second half of the season. I mean, you look at his game log the last seven weeks of the season, six weeks of the season, 37, 5, 23, 25, 24. Like he was an absolute stud. If Williams ends up missing, then I am going to hammer Parker into a lot of my lineups. I don't care. I'm going to use a lot of Gusecki. I'm going to use if ownership is going to be sub 1% on all these guys, then they make a perfect millimaker stack. Listen, you, 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 you got what I was putting down. Um, I <laughs> listen, I'm a Dolphins fan. I think this team's terrible uh, for what it's worth. You know, I don't want, um, I don't want that to get lost in this, but um, listen, I, I, I like Fitzpatrick. I like Devonte Parker. If Preston Williams is out, you can take a shot on um, Jakeem Grant. Um, you know, if you're stacking like Fitzpatrick, so I don't like Jordan Howard. I would much rather take a shot on like Matt Breida um, than Jordan Howard here. Um, but yeah, like let's talk Patriots, Cam Newton. Um, Sonny Michelle sounds like he is going to be the running back, but like it's still like they want to ease him in. Damon Harris on the IR. I don't know. This could be a, a James White, Rex Burkhead, or like – out of nowhere, Bill Belichick, J.J. Taylor game. Who knows? Um, that, that's the worst thing about, like, Patriots running backs. Uh, what do you say here for New England? I mean, you can never trust the running backs. We don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen. It could be a number of guys. We could see a three-touchdown game from anyone in this entire lineup here. I'm largely staying away from the running backs. I don't feel the need to. Uh, for the receiving game, I mean, Cam Newton – is a, has shown promise before in the past. Obviously, he has an MVP. I'm going to take a little bit of Newton in tournaments. I don't know exactly how this game is going to go. We could see Harry. We could do see Edelman. We could see James White have a big game. I just don't know who fully to pair him with. I'm, I'm not going to be too much on the Patriots. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this offense is going to go. But Newton, like even Newton with – only Harry. Like, we could see Newton go back to his running ways of the past. We don't know what his health is really like right now or if he's going to get injured again. So, I don't know. I'm largely going to be staying away, but I will use a bit of Newton in my lineups in big field tournaments. This one's interesting because I feel like the Dolphins' defense is bad, and you can kind of – you can sprinkle in some Cam with – either Edelman or Harry or take a shot on like James White. Um, if you're playing like Fitzpatrick, you can go like Fitzpatrick Parker. 
hairy or or white like i plan on having a few ways to approach this game just because i I do think that it could go over 43 um and like if you can nail the patriots you could do well because they're going to be a team i feel like a lot of people kind of just stay away from here because there's just so much uncertainties and like ownership should be a little bit lower on the patriots here outside of maybe like cam newton who probably will draw five to ten percent ownership here uh, Packers and Vikings, 46 total. Minnesota favored by two and a half in this day, this game. Um, Grant, let's talk Green Bay first. Uh, what do you expect here from the Packers? I mean, not a ton. Like, running backs, we don't know how involved uh, Dylan's going to be. Like, he's obviously third on the list. But we saw Williams and Aaron Jones have decent games at different times. We know that Adams is just going to get peppered with targets. We know that he's probably – like good chance that he gets into the end zone in the spot. He's one of the better plays on the slate of wide receiver. I don't know if he's drawing enough ownership right now, but he's a little expensive, but he's absolutely worth it here. I think Adams is in for a decent game. He's going to be where I get most of my ownership in the Packers. I don't really have a huge desire to play uh, Rogers in this spot. Like this is mostly a stay away from the Packers for me. So I think this is one of the better tournament game stacks on the slate because we know we know where the production in this game is going to come from. Um, Devontae Adams is your wide receiver. He's going to get a ton of work. Aaron Jones, I feel like as, as long as he's healthy, he's the guy. And, like, Rodgers always has three to four touchdown upside. Um, so I think, like, both sides of this game, because the other side you have Dalvin Cook, you have Adam Thielen – um, you know where the production is going in both of this game. So I, I like this game. And then on like the Viking side, like I said, Grant, like Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, like Thielen with no digs. I know Justin Jefferson's there, but he's not Stefan Diggs. Like this is Adam Thielen's like, you know, breakout potential season as far as like everything, if he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, Diggs obviously cut into his production pretty drastically, but there was a certain point where Thielen was just absolutely destroying on a weekend, week out basis, getting a large amount of targets. They switched over to a more run-heavy scheme, and they still probably are going to keep that. But Thielen still has the potential to get 10-plus targets any given outing. He has double touchdown upside. He has 100-yard-plus bonus upside. I'm going to play a lot of Thielen. I don't think that he's going to be nearly highly owned enough in this spot here green bay was a good team last year they'll be a good team this year they could get out to an early lead and cousins will be forced to throw more so Thielen is definitely a guy that you can go with and then outside of him like we don't know fully how this offense is going to operate in terms of the passing game jefferson could come in he could be very very useful in this offense and get thrown to a decent amount rudolph can end up getting end up getting a decent amount of play Johnson could end up getting a decent amount of play. I'm going to do a few, like, Cousins, uh, Thielen, and then Johnson or Jefferson or Rudolph stacks. Um, But I don't have – I prefer Jefferson slightly to Johnson, but we don't – again, this is week one. We don't know how things are going to operate. Cook is obviously very much in play. He'll be heavily involved. But he's not my favorite spend-up at running back, so – how I'm going to approach this game the majority of the time is going to be with Cousins, Thielen, and adding a third piece there with Johnson, Jefferson, and Rudolph. Yeah, like, 
we we always talk about like game stacks. This could be like one of those secondary like stacks inside of a stack. Like you can you could play Rodgers or you could play Cousins if you want to, but like you could have a game stack and then like you can like throw in like Adams and Thielen together and like have a a secondary stack inside your other game stack. Um, and I I like that because they're they're the market share of targets are going to be so high on on their respective teams. So I like both of those guys a lot. I don't mind Cook or Jones. Um, probably not playing a lot of Rodgers or Cousins, but, like, if I start getting into the point where, like, all right, I need to build a game stack, I might. So, um, moving on to the 4 o'clock games. We got three 4 o'clock games. Um, you know, so, obviously, let's start with the Chargers and Bengals, 43 total. Um, Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> favored by three in this game. You're on a roll today. Uh, man, I'm nailing it. I'm going to mess up so much this year now um, just because I haven't messed up yet. So, Grant, let's um let's start with the Chargers side of things. Um, what do you like here? I think a lot of people are going to go with Eckler. I prefer Allen. So, Mike Williams out for this game. Torod, new quarterback in this offense. Haven't seen much of him over the last few seasons. Didn't really see him much in this offense last season. We don't know how things are going to go. But we know that he can put up a decent game. Like, he can be efficient. He can run the ball. I'm going to have a decent amount of Tarod to Keenan Allen stacks. Like, if everyone's going to be on Eckler, Allen's going to go largely unowned. We know that he can end up with 13, 14, 15-plus targets in any given game. Not like Tarod is too much of a downgrade from Rivers in terms of protecting the ball so the ball could be in his hands more than there was in Rivers, with Rivers in the past. We don't know exactly how this game is going to turn out. We've seen the Chargers keep games close constantly throughout the years. I'm mostly going Keenan Allen in this game. Maybe a little bit of Hunter Henry, a small amount of Eckler, but I'm probably going to be under the field on Eckler because I don't really know. Like He's going to be the main guy, but how much he actually ends up with is up in the air. So I, I'm mostly going to go with Keenan Allen here. And you're gonna get you're gonna get Keenan Allen at such low ownership. Um, I, I don't hate that call whatsoever. Uh, with Mike Williams out, I like Hunter Henry too. Um, I'm I'm one of those guys that I'll probably be overweight on Austin Eckler. I feel like, you know, I, I don't feel like he he busts. I just don't see him busting. Like he's gonna get carries. He's gonna get targets. Um, like Cincinnati defense is beatable. So. I like Eckler a lot, um, so I'm one of those guys. So we're on opposite ends here, but I do like the Keenan Allen call. Like he's projected for 2.5 percent ownership right now, um, and like he is—he's a beast. He doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. So uh, Jalen Guyton is going to be the probably going to likely be the number two wide receiver here. Um, we'll obviously get some more news on that as the week keeps going here. Uh, let's talk Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow right into the starting mix here, Grant. Um, Joe Mixon is someone that I overdrafted a lot on, um, you know, best balls coming into the season. I'm super high on him. Um, we got a healthy AJ Green. We got a healthy Tyler Boyd. Like, this is a spot, like, Burrow has – he has weapons. Um, Cincinnati could be a lot better than they were last year. Yeah, they could be. They could also be terrible. We don't really know. There's another unknown spot, I think. I, I need to pay attention to ownership throughout the week, but – like, I just don't know what to expect here. Like, I don't know how much A.J. Green's going to be back. I don't know how much Boyd's going to be back. I don't know how much Burrow's going to meld with certain guys. Mixon is a guy that I am high on this season. 
but I, I, I just like, I don't know exactly where to go with this. So I think that they're going to draw some ownership. I think the hype on Burroughs is going to be real. I think AJ Green coming back is going to draw some ownership there. So I am, I'm probably not doing a ton for this or not playing much of the Cincy side. I like Mixon. I think the wide receivers, it's going to be really mixed. Um, if you're playing like the afternoon only slate, like everybody's going to play the afternoon early slate. It's week one. I think you can mix in some AJ Green on like that slate. Um, you know, it's a three game slate. I think that like if you want to take some shots on him, I I don't hate that um, at all. But um, anything else from this one? Or are we moving on? Yeah, let's move on. Now is the time to celebrate. Football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited to kick off the football season. DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs for this Thursday night's football contest. Getting in on Thursday night's single-game showdown is easy. All you have to do is download DraftKings using promo code GRIND Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now to start making it rain. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using promo code GRIND will receive a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game like having a shot at a $1 million payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use code GRIND. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code GRIND to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code GRIND, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Tampa at New Orleans, 49 total here. New Orleans favored by three and a half. Um, Another game that's going to be indoors. Uh, let's start with Tampa. It's the new look Bucks, man. It's Tom Brady. It's Rob Gronkowski. What are you looking at here for Tampa? Um, I like Godwin quite a bit. Me too, buddy. Me you and everyone too. else. Yeah, yeah. It's Godwin should do well. Everyone else, office. nobody's on Godwin. I'm going to tell you right now. Like Sorry, you I, and other smart people. Like, like if you look at like his projected ownership, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like. This dude is projecting under 10% ownership on multiple sites, not just on lineup HQ. Like Chris Godwin is going to come in low owned this week. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hate that Tom Brady's going to put up big numbers this season because he's not that good, but like he can still throw the ball 45 times in a game. We've seen in the past bucks throw a ton. Like we've seen it with Fitzpatrick. We've seen it with Winston. We'll see it again with Brady. That's just what they're planning on doing. Like, the run game really isn't that great. Things are going to be – I think this is going to be another really high-scoring game this week, and I'm going to have a lot of lot of uh, ownership in it. But over on the Buck side, I'm fine with Godwin. Zar Evans, but I prefer Godwin. I'm fine with Gronk, but I think O.J. Howard might be the better play. Um, he's way cheaper – Gronk is probably going to be slowly incorporated into this offense. They're probably going to run a decent amount of two tight end sets. I mean, we've seen this before with Tom Brady in the past. I know that Arians doesn't like to use his tight ends too much, but I'm not going to be surprised if we see a decent amount of two tight end sets, OJ Howard or Gronk being put on the outside. I I, I just, I, I'm going to mix and match everything here, but 
fully stay away from the running game. Yeah, people just like assume that like just because Arians hasn't done it in the past, he won't like do it here. And like, if you had to pick, like you're gonna run out Justin Watson seventy five percent, or you're gonna run out like two tight end sets and get Howard and Gronk on the field. Like we know what he should do. Um, so I, I think that OJ Howard's gonna get zero ownership here, like zero. Um, he could easily put up zero fantasy points too. So I I don't want to play Tom Brady, but I'm going to have some um, because I do think Tampa could score like three or four passing touchdowns in this game. So um, on the Saints side of things, sounds like Kamara is going to be good to go. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Saints? I mean, Michael Thomas at home, fantastic play. Might end up using him in cash depending on where I decide to go with my value. Sanders is going to be the interesting part of this offense. So we obviously know that the Saints are a run-first offense in the past. Bucks are a team that can really stop the run in the past and have done so on a very consistent basis last year. Don't know exactly how things are going to fully meld this year with uh, everything going on with training camp. But I think the Saints end up passing the ball a decent amount. I think that Michael Thomas and Sanders can both possibly be in for a big game. Breeze is not going to draw a ton of ownership in this, but it's at home. It's against Tampa Bay. Again, better run defense, worse pass defense. Breeze, I think, could be in a big game, and I'm going to be using a lot of Thomas and a lot of Sanders because I think Sanders is going to be heavily involved in this offense. Every single time that we've seen Drew Breeze go off for a massive game, either Traquan or Ginn or Cook, depending on the year, have gone off for a huge game. Sanders has gone coming at no ownership. The dude was a stud last year coming off an Achilles injury. The guy still has it. I think he's going to be very good in this offense. I really like Sanders. I really like the entire passing game. Kamara's Kamara. He could end up having a big game, but it's not an easy spot here. So I'm focusing on the passing game, specifically with Thomas and Sanders. Listen, I like it. Um, I, I like it because I love Emmanuel Sanders' value that he represents this week, and like he's projected for under five percent ownership. So, Manny Sanders, when healthy, is a guy that can get you know six to ten catches um, in a PPR format. If, before you even get into the yards, that's solid. So, um, I like Manny Sanders. Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, man. Like. He is the top wide receiver every week. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the matchup is, Grant. He's the top wide receiver floor-wise every week. Um, I'm probably going to be underweight on Alvin Kamara here. Um, you know, for all those reasons that you just said as far as, like, the Tampa defense, I'm hoping they stop him enough. Just stop him enough. Let Lat, let Lat Murray, um, Latavius Murray, like, steal a touchdown from him. Like, I just hope that Kamara doesn't go crazy here because I'm probably going to be underweight on him. So, um, I don't think that's, like, a crazy hot take either. There's a lot of great running back plays this week that could easily outscore Kamara, even if he does get, you know, five to eight catches. So, uh, the last game that we have here on the main slate is the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 48 total, San Francisco favored by seven. Let's start with the Cardinals. Um, what do you like here? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what this offense is going to be like. I do like Drake. Like, if he's fine and everything's good to go, I like Drake. I think that regardless of the matchup, he could end up with a big game. I think he's going to get fed. I think that he's going to have a great season. I'm very high on him. But outside of that, like, Kyler Murray's fine. Hopkins is fine. Kirk is fine. Fitz will put up one big game randomly, so I will have at least one share of him. 
because it happens at least once, twice a year, and that that's pretty much it. But I'm really not too interested in anything in this game. Drake's by far my favorite, but I I will have probably one Cardinal stack, and that's it. Yeah, this game has a really high total. Um and it's it's some it's somewhat interesting. Um like I, I bet I looked into this game. I do the expert survey for the afternoon slate only. Um, so like I, I looked into these three games a lot. Um, it's just even looking into this game, it's just so tough to pinpoint. Like outside of Drake and Hopkins and Murray, like I don't think I want any of these other guys. Um, but I could see Christian Kirk having like a two touchdown game, and it wouldn't shock me either. Um, I think the tight end situation is a mess, so I'll probably pass on those guys. But Hopkins, Kurt, I think Drake could potentially be low owned um, because there's just so many great running back plays, and Kyler Murray has rushing upside, so I never hate playing him. On the 49ers side of things, they're a big favorite. They have the second highest implied team total on the entire slate. Um, the running back situation is like a three-headed monster. We're going to see Mozart. We're going to see Coleman. We're going to see McKinnon. Um, the wide receiver core is a straight-up question mark because we have no idea who's going to play health-wise and, like, who's going to just play snaps. Um, like, Jimmy G-George Kittle combo is very much in play um, with a team that has a 27.5 implied team total. Yeah, it's pretty much just Kittle for me. I'm not taking a shot on Coleman. Uh, Mozart or with McKinnon could possibly McKinnon would probably be the guy that I'd most likely take a shot on. We know that Shanahan will do some weird things and he'll use different guys different ways. <laughs> like it, it's, we have it, no idea what he's gonna do. That's his. That's yeah. the problem. I mean, at different points last year, I mean, this is essentially like the uh, the Patriots backfield. No idea any given week. Some. Any one of these three guys during some point in the season, I'm not going to be surprised if any of them go for a 20, more than one 25-point game. I have no idea who it's going to be on any given week. I have no idea when, where, why, how it'll happen. So I'm just like week one, I'm largely staying away. Yeah, I'm gonna, I want to see what like snap counts and stuff look like um, as far as like the running back situation go. Uh, if one of these guys gets two touchdowns, so be it. Um, if I was going to play anybody, it'd be Mozart, but – it's not a confidence play at all. Um, like if, if some of these wide receivers don't suit up, um, man, Kittle is just going to crush like Jordan reads the backup tight end. I feel like they brought him in as a backup um, more for like blocking and stuff. Like he's, he's a concussion away from like his career being over. And I don't mean that in a funny way. Um, like Jordan reads a Gator and um, talented, but man, that guy just cannot escape getting hit in the head. So um, yeah, overall, I think this is just one of those games where it has a really high total and like, you're going to end up with pieces of this game and you're just, you're not going to feel great about it. You just hope that you get it right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all right. So I did not build a morning grind game before we, um, got started here. I'm not going to make one on the fly. I'm going to open it up to Twitter. Um, we need six questions for week two of the morning grind for a morning grind game. Submit your questions and, um, we'll pick the six best that we like the most and, um, we'll go from there. So, uh, Grant, any final thoughts on the slate before we get out of here? Fitzpatrick wins a millimaker. Boom. I like it. Hot take of the day. 
Um, it kind of goes into my hot take of the season that the Patriots defense is not going to be as good as it was last year. So I hope you're right. <laughs> so that's going to wrap it up here for week one. We'll be back next week, breaking down week two main slates and um, hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Enjoy some football and uh, we'll see you next week. Hey kids.